Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Welcome back to the Gospel for Life. It's always good to be with you and talk of hopefully things that matter and affect your life. This is the Gospel for Life, and so we're trying to interact with you in, in your day-to-day decisions and day-to-day life and how you approach the different seasons of life. We are clearly in the Christmas mode as a society and culture. I think most of us recognize that that gets pushed back earlier and earlier every year because this is how people make money. I'm going to let you in on a little piece of trivia that I know you care deeply about. Um, But really, it was George Washington that first said, you know, we should celebrate Thanksgiving. It was Abraham Lincoln that said we should celebrate Thanksgiving on a yearly basis. Um, And it was FDR that established how we currently celebrate Christmas. And the reason why FDR changed the the date of the celebration of Thanksgiving Thanksgiving. from the 4th it used to be that we always had it on the fourth sun or the the last Thursday of November. That mm-hmm. was what Abraham Lincoln said. FDR changed it to the fourth, and the reason why was because he needed the extra week to help the economy during mm-hmm. that time of coming out of the Great Depression, and he worried that if so it was the last Thursday, he wasn't worried about Thursday, the four Sundays uh, before. <laughs> no, so he bumped it up. So right. for that the economy, there would be more shopping days Follow for Christmas. Follow the money, right? Yeah. There yeah. You go. So, so with that, we're probably going to be celebrating Thanksgiving in August someday. <laughs> yes, you know, we should bump it even further up. The Canadians do. Um, <laughs> we are talking about Advent, um, the remembrance of. I actually have a Canadian in my church that feels passionately about this. Um, <laughs> my my brother, just an aside, my brother was pastoring up in Canada, and and he had lamented the fact that the Thanksgiving wasn't on the same day. And then then he wrote the second letter and was saying they've changed Christmas too. It, it was all sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> so each of us have. Advent practices in our own home. So today we want to just talk about this. How do how do each of you approach this time of year as a family? Are there some practices that you have that might be helpful for our listeners? Material that might be helpful for our material. So go ahead and just jump in as you want. Yeah, we have a practice of lighting the candles both in church corporately on Sunday morning and then Sunday night we do that as a family as well. So we have our own Advent wreath mm-hmm. and Advent candles and we light them and we mark the traditional you know, values of each candle, peace, love, joy. And then we talk about those. And we, we typically have a Advent devotional that we'll pick up. There's, we've got a list of them we can share with you, but yeah, that's for us. That's our practice is each marking each Sunday evening is a time of family worship during the Advent season and reading a devotional together. We uh, tried one year doing uh, 
Advent Lego calendars. Oh, I like Ooh. that. Yeah, yes, those, like that. that I wanted one of my own, but uh, <laughs> that uh, that ended up not going too well. They just bust them open early and put them together. But um, we every year we do kind of this uh, an Advent calendar where the kids take turns putting um, an ornament on on a tree on a felt mm. tree, kind of like pin it on, and there are cards inside. Then that kid, if they're able to read at the you know age of reading, they'll open the card and they'll read a section of the birth narrative. And that's that's been our practice. Yeah, I would say you know um, I'll combine both the uh, you know church and family practice. I mean we we've always you know we don't usually set up a tree till after Thanksgiving that sort of thing. Uh, so you know in our expectation of Christmas. But I can say as a kid I used to enjoy those little Advent calendars where you open up a window each day. You know as an adult I could enjoy them again. If I if I drank a beverage, I would probably like the the, the <laughs> Advent beverage one. Um, but you know, so the there isn't the, there is a there is a um, there is a there's something special about doing it in in the church. You mentioned the candles, and you know what what you do with those candles is each week you're lighting a different one. While, while one each one is burning down, you're lighting and until you get to the greater light of of Christ's birth, and you know whether you're calling them love, joy, peace, uh, or you're recognizing. Is the one, other one hope? You yes, guys haven't hope. said hope yet. Well, <laughs> you, know, well you know, for for us, it's for us, it's you know the uh, a prophecy candle. You know, for the third candle is the shepherd's joy candle uh you know so uh what what you find uh, in different churches they do they, even those that light a candle uh you know they may use uh, blue ones referencing hope mm-hmm. or they may use what was traditional too was uh, you know the purple candle which is a penitential uh penitential color in a in the liturgical colors and the reason for a penitential color is you know we're preparing for the lord's coming even in the second advent we're told that he that has this hope in him purifies himself and so there's a sense in which what you're doing is you're going with repentance and expectation you know you're going to go and see you know the idea is he's coming you want to be ready for him and then the and it's not all because it is advent it's not all penitential so in the third week of the advent and there's a pink candle that's lit. It's not because you didn't have four purple ones, but you light that pink one, which is focusing on the joy of his coming. So the, there's there's different ways in which that's done. You know, we're talking in church. This is a circumstance of of worship. It's not an element. It's not required. We're not you know. But uh, with each of those lightings of the candle, there's a scripture read that points us forward. I'm going to just go through a list that Paul David Tripp has developed. He says, here are five ways to help your children focus on the true Advent story. I'm just going to give the the, the bolded items in the list and then just open it up if you guys want to comment on any of those those five items. So first he says, start early. Mm-hmm. Then second, tell the bad news. So protect your family from fake news by telling them of the bad news, their sin and separation from God. Third, warn them about the false story. He says, 
Enjoy traditions and fun, but take opportunities to point out how and why the false story your children will hear again and again isn't true. And we kind of talked about that before, about the whole idea of Santa Claus. Four, present Jesus as the gift of gifts. And finally, embed the Advent story everywhere. And any of those that you guys want to specifically jump in and talk about? I think each one of those are great. You know, starting early, you can't, you know, he says you can't start early enough to tell the true story often enough. The false story is heard everywhere. Don't wait until Christmas Day to point your family to God's Word. This is what we, you know, we we commented on this before, you know, that even Christ, uh, you know, as he was talking to his disciples, said that all of Scripture pointed toward him. You know, the the law, the prophets, and the writings they they were all, they were all about him. And so I think that this is something that we're we're trying to communicate in telling this early. Yeah, I think as often as you can connect scripture to your Christmas practices in Advent, it, it is important. Everything from, I mean, putting the Christmas lights on the house. We talk about how at night the light shines in the darkness, and we take mm-hmm. our kids to First John. Uh, so I think as often as you can do that and and root those practices in the scriptures is mm-hmm. is vital to your kids. I think it also can play into just the practice of family worship, mm-hmm. which um, if we're doing that on a regular basis throughout the year we can naturally just bring the story in as we're getting closer to Christmas. And it's also not too much of a weird thing, you know, for your kids. And throughout the year, you're teaching them about Christ. I, from very early on, you know, the point three, and you mentioned Santa Claus, you know, our, our kids have known from, from early that, you know, this was a godly man for all we know about him, who was very generous and gave gifts to people. And, but he's, he's dead. He's been dead for a long time, pointing them back to who Jesus is and why we're celebrating that greatest gift. Then point four is the, yeah this this idea of starting early, and I go back to to it here for a minute. You know, for a lot of people, I think there's a longing for people to be able to sit down with their family and have devotions and have you know reading of scripture. There's there's a longing. Uh, time seems to race through a day, and so they don't get around to it. They are not doing it. Advent is a time to slow down mm. and 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 begin to enter into that season. It's a good time. There's so many devotionals out there that this is a good time to start a good tradition with your family. Mm-hmm. And you know, don't beat yourself up on if you didn't do all twenty, you know, all thirty days or all twenty five of, of December. But start. And 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 you have a you have some content to work with. Mm. So as a family, we um, have found it helpful that at every evening meal, which we call supper, <laughs> but I think you guys maybe call dinner out here. But we always um, at the end of the meal read and pray, mm-hmm. and we have some sort of either Bible reading plan, a devotional that incorporates God's word, and then pray at the end of every meal. And at, at the end of the day... Jonathan we, is bowing to us yeah, there for our listeners. We also try to gather as a family to have closing of the day devotional time together. We are not worthy. And so... <laughs> Keyword there is try. We try. Yeah. So what we do is we pause 
whatever system we're at to incorporate different aspects of the church calendar. So during December, we pause our normal series that we had been doing, and we incorporate an Advent Mm -hmm. um, devotions during that time. And I will say that we've never ended our Advent devotional on Christmas. (laughs) Normally, we're reading that in the first part of January. We just we don't make every day, and so mm-hmm. it, it doesn't normally work out. But we don't mm-hmm. care; it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, we do the same thing at, at around Easter. We have a Lent devotional that we read every October. We pause and we do church history. Mm-hmm. It's Church History Month, so that's a way that we just put it into. And I think Jonathan mentioned this. We just put it into what we're already doing, or maybe Ryan did it that. That it doesn't have to seem strange, mm-hmm. but it does create a moment where we can help our kids focus on the the true meaning of Christmas, and and it doesn't have to be anything real elaborate. Or mm-hmm. you know, you can do Advent calendars. You you don't have to. You can you just mm-hmm. do. You can just do something pretty simple to bring out the birth of Jesus Christ. In our last 30 seconds, what is your favorite Advent devotional that you've used? I like one called uh, Lighting the Candles and Telling and Counting the Days by Elise Fitzpatrick. It's one of our favorites. I like both of Sinclair Ferguson's. The, the one is The Dawn of Redeeming Grace. That's the one I prefer. And then my second would be Love Came Down at Christmas, also by Sinclair Ferguson. I'm looking forward to going through The Coming of the King J.C. by J.C. Ryle. And that is all the time we have for today, and we will see you next time.